This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. It is another Saturday morning, and welcome into the program. This is Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, KQAM. What up? Welcome into another weekend. And, boy, it's a big weekend at that nonetheless here in south-central Kansas. So let's get you up. Let's get you moving. Let's get this thing going for another day. Welcome into the program. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to jump in here in a little bit, we'd love to hear from you. All of it pre- uh, presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity. For all your gold and silver needs, we'll talk with Phil Martinez here in another week or so on the program. They're opening up here in just about 20 minutes. They're open until 2.30 this afternoon. Also online at philscoins.com. Holy cow, do we have a show lined up for you today for a Saturday morning. Coming up, hour number two, we have Kansas Secretary of State Scott Schwab. He is in town for the Republican State Convention that's going on, really kicking off like right now, already here in the city of Wichita. If you want to go to that, you uh, still, I believe, are able to go and uh, check that out, especially if you're involved with the Republican Party in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I'll be heading out there shortly after the program for a little bit as well for a couple hours. Uh, But Scott Schwab, Secretary of State, he's in town and And uh, we sat down with him just a day or two ago here in studio, and we'll play that interview at the top of our number two. Also, uh, just a couple of days ago, we had on the program for the Voice of Reason for our national broadcast during the week, we had Mark Carnes, Republican National Committeeman, as uh, he talks about the state of the Republican Party getting set for the state convention this weekend, launching the Republicans into election season of 2022. Kind of a big deal. We'll play that interview coming up to wrap up the show at 1030 as well. So we have a lot to get to. Plus, we have some legislative updates as well, because there is a lot to uh, try and compact in while they're starting to. I guess get closer to the wrap-up of the session already. We have some sales tax issues on the food. Yeah, there are two separate bills right now on sales tax on food as, you know, Governor Kelly's trying to push this whole axe the tax, stealing really Attorney General Derek Schmidt's campaign slogan on that one, getting rid of the tax. And yet there still seems to be some balking on why we don't want to lower the sales tax on food. While Republicans have been trying it for years and Democrats are finally getting on board and trying to steal the platform, but yet there's still an argument about how much to actually cut. Here's an idea. It, just throwing this out there, cut the damn tax. And I think it would be easy enough. So we'll get to all that and more here on the program. I want to hear from you throughout as well. But right now, to kick off the show right at the beginning here, super happy to have this guy on the program. He is at the State Republican Convention right now here in Wichita. Uh, but also... Not only are we going to be representing, and I'll be working the booth there a little bit uh, after the program as well, but also their state con- uh, state convention or annual convention is coming up next weekend as well if you want to partake in it with the Kansas State Rifle Association as he is the chairman for the state uh, Kansas State Republican or the state, uh, Kansas State Rifle Association, if I can get it out. He's also the liaison for the NRA here for the state of Kansas and more. But the man himself, haven't had him on in a while, Travis Couture, love lady on the line with us here. Travis, good morning, sir. What's happening? Andy, how's it going, man? Uh, great, great to be on with you. It's always good to talk to you. It's been a little bit since we've had you on the show, but this is exciting times. I'm feeling the uh, political energy uh, um, really building up here as we get uh, set for election season. Absolutely. There's a lot of buzz down here at the highest. Lots of lots of excitement about the uh, election season for sure. Yeah. Uh, you were going to be having, uh, with the Kansas State Rifle Association, having a booth there, but uh, I know there's a big lineup 
We haven't really talked a whole lot yet this legislative season uh, about some of the Second Amendment issues going on in the state of Kansas. So before we get to the convention itself and what's going on there and uh, what's going on next week, I know that you've been working with the legislature, obviously, for some two-way issues here in the state. Give us an update. What's been happening in Kansas? Sure. Well, yeah, anybody who paid attention last year remembered we got two of our priority bills vetoed by Governor Kelly. Uh, no surprise, we expected it, but it happened. We were able to uh, override one of her vetoes on the bill that lowered the permit age to 18 and uh, universally recognized all permits across the country. So you know, that was a good good news for anybody that was 18, 19, and 20 years old and wanted to be able to get a permit to carry concealed. And for anyone who tries to travel around the country and wants to make sure their our permit is recognized in other states. So that was a good bill. Seemed like simple common sense, but the governor disagreed. But uh, luckily, we got a good, strong conservative legislature that uh, overrode the veto. The other thing that just that I just didn't have time to get to was the uh, firearm safety education bill. Uh, that that bill has a provision in it for Eddie Eagle for the younger grades, and then it also goes and does the Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism's Hunter Education in our schools program. Uh, for the older kids. So it's a really great firearm safety education bill. Just It doesn't mandate it on the schools. It just sets it up so there's curriculum for schools that boards that do wish to vote to have that in their school. So, you know, I thought it was a good idea. Legislature thought it was a good idea. Governor vetoed it, and then we ran out of time in the session. So that one has a hearing on Monday, so it's coming back around. It's good. in the in the Senate Monday morning. Uh, kind of on a similar note, uh, Representative Ken Corbett has a bill to create a lifetime hunting and fishing license for children. And so it's just uh, $300 uh, for younger kids that can get into hunting and fishing that way uh, at a low cost, and then they'll have it for life. So that's pretty exciting. And then, um, yeah, yeah, great way to get more people involved in the outdoors at a young age. So that's a really good idea from Representative Corbett up there. Uh, the other bill that's been a fight this year is the uh, what we call the FIND Act, the Firearms Industry Non-Discrimination Act. I'm sure you talked about it quite a bit, and I think we talked about it on the show back in the day with uh, the Department of Justice Obama administration Operation Choke Point, where they were just basically trying to cut off all gun-related industries from financial services. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they were... Luckily, able to stop that when President Trump came along, and they haven't they haven't uh, got too far on that level again. But what they're trying to do now is just get in on these uh, boards of these big banks and shut it down at the bank level. So, um, for example, Citigroup up in South Dakota is a big one. They won't they won't do anything with any 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 company that makes magazines over say 10 rounds or something ridiculous wow and so that pretty much shuts out all gun companies so they they say it's a tiny little thing but it's really a huge thing and so any gun company that has any sort of uh relationship with with city group has just been cut off completely 
Well, that's, so an, that's, that's, an, that's, an, that's a big one. Yeah, that's an important one because yeah. not only does it go after gun stores, gun manufacturers, but now we're seeing a another red flag really be raised internationally as we've seen the money be taken away from the Freedom Convoy up in Canada and how easy it was for just yep. them to be like, yeah, you know what, we don't like what we're doing, we're going to take your cash. Then we see what's going on with Russia right now where we cut off the banks with MasterCard and Visa and all the online stuff and we're yep. really putting these sanctions on to where, oh, we don't like what you're doing there. That's affecting all the citizens. I mean, there's, it's only a matter of time until that mindset, which they're already trying it here, obviously, being like, oh, well, you're purchasing yep. a firearm, you're a gun store trying to sell a firearm, we're just going to cut off all financial activity and opportunities for you. Uh, we need to have some protections built in place. Right, and, and PayPal's been doing that at the, at the individual level for a long time, not, not processing any of those transactions. So this is this on the other end. This is the big banks trying to keep you know, gun companies from being able to have access to capital and regular everyday wow. processes that they need. And so what what the uh, NSSF, which is uh, the organization of the gun companies, they have come up with the idea that said, well, what if you say, that's fine, you, you can choose to do that, but you're not going to have any access to, to government contracts. So the state of Kansas says, all right, fine. You want to be like that? That's your choice. You have you can run your business how you want, but you're not going to have any opportunity to get a state contract and, and make money off of the taxpayers' Kansas. Mm. It's a great way to look at it. Uh, it. It's important. Are other states working on this type of legislation as well? Do you know? Absolutely. Oklahoma, it's working its way through the process. Texas passed it last session, and uh, I believe so did Louisiana. Obviously, there's been a fight, as I mentioned, in South Dakota up there because of Citigroup, and so. Quite a few states are, are talking about this, discussing this, but the biggest one was Texas passing it last year. Sure, uh, and it sounds like so ours is kind of being crafted in the same in the same manner. Essentially, uh, what we really need is to get this at the federal level, but I guess that's going to be in a whole nother another battle after election season, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's that's a different level of fight, but um, there have been bills introduced in Congress for sure, and we've got. Good folks working on that as well. Sure, absolutely. Now, there is something exciting that we do have to mention outside of the legislation here in Kansas that uh, with the Kansas State Rifle Association, and this kicked off, what, like the beginning of the year, and it's been pretty exciting for us uh, for additional support, individuals to be able to support the KSRA in the state and also be able to uh, have a little representation on their vehicle as well. But the Gatson flag license plates are official, they're available, and people can start getting those guys, right? Absolutely, yeah. We've, we've seen them popping up. There's a, quite a few in the parking lot ahead of here already, so that's, <laughs> that's good to see. Uh, it was an idea that uh, originally came from Representative Blake Carpenter from Derby, friend of the show, too, I'm sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's, he's uh, we were sitting there one day and said, well, we can make the license plate and we can get, get it to benefit and promote the KSRA. And let's do it. That sounds like a great idea. And it took a few years to get there, uh, but Finally, in January, Department of Revenue got it all all set up, and you're able to get that now either when you go to renew or you can actually just go in for an early switch, And like I did. And, uh, it's it's a, a donation to the KSRA plus the, uh, and the $40 fee, one-time fee, to get the, uh, the plate made. Okay. So it's a, it's, it's, yeah, $40 for production fee. $25 donation to the KSRA. The donation to keep the plate goes every year, but the $40 is just a one-time fee. Sure. 
I love it. No, it's a great opportunity. It's going to help the KSRI be able to fight for two-way issues here in the state. And I'm sure people are just loving the fact that they can have a don't tread on me flag on the back of their car. That's just kind of cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's what that's about. Now, uh, as well, we also got a, uh, we got a few minutes here. We'll talk with Travis Couture, love lady, NRA liaison for the state. Also chairman for the Kansas State Rifle Association. Next weekend, outside of the big Republican convention going on today, and you're already there getting all set up, getting all ready to go, next week there's also another big event for the Kansas State Rifle Association. What's going on? Yeah, so every every spring, early summer, somewhere in that time frame, we, we have our annual meeting for the Kansas State Rifle Association. This year we decided to do it a little different, do it a little earlier in the year, and uh, pair up with a gun show there in Topeka. So there's a gun show that weekend at the Stormont Vale Event Center. Uh, that's right by the old Capitol Plaza Hotel. I think it's called Topeka City Center Hotel now, uh, right there in the center of Topeka. Uh, so uh, we just have events surrounding the gun show. You can go go check out the gun show. And then at 530 on the 19th, we will have our annual meeting where we'll have a uh, over at the Heritage Hall, which is right there on, on the same complex, just right on the other side of the hotel. And it'll be a nice little event. We'll have our our annual board meeting. We'll have some speakers. It'll be, be a good weekend, good fun weekend to get us kicked off and ready for what's going to be a great year. Yeah, I think so. Uh, your perspective in the last couple of minutes that we have here, going into election season, as we've mentioned, I mean, I, I know that we have a lot of energy going in, but are you optimistic about midterm elections this year, not only for the congressional seats and the governor's race, which personally I think is going to be a very easy election if we you know, stay excited, but uh, legislative seats and the outlook for agendas of what we could do moving forward over the next year or two, do you think that we're going to be in a good uh, situation moving forward for the state? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, midterms, midterm elections—the first midterm election for a president—generally benefits the other party. And this president has been such a disaster that we're going to see a even stronger wave than we normally would. All polls are showing that um, the governor is you know, not not all that popular either. So I think we're going to be in a strong position to get lots of pro-gun people elected and really be set up have a much better state going forward. There's really a large population in the state of Kansas that, as the Democrats say, like to cling on to their guns and Bibles. And I think that uh, that's going to resonate really well in the midterm elections. What do you think? Absolutely, it will. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I love it. He is the state chairman for the Kansas State Rifle Association, also NRA liaison for the state of Kansas and the region around here. Travis, always good to talk to you, my friend. It's always good to to get you on the program. Let's do this again here soon, and uh, we'll see you out here in just a little bit. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Any of your listeners want to hop on KansasRifle.org or check us out on Facebook. Appreciate it. KansasRifle.org. Go and check it out. Always great information there. Get signed up. Become a member either annually or a lifetime member. Get all the perks of that one as well. Travis Couture, love lady. We appreciate the time very much there, my friend. Let's take a break. 21 minutes past the hour. When we come back, we have some legislative issues. We have some energy debates on gas, high gas prices. How are you dealing with that? Plus, we have our AARP update at the end of the hour. Great guest in hour number two. We just had a heck of a show lined up for you today. Stay here on Candace Talk. You're on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome 
back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Saturday morning, getting you up and moving, trying to wake up, trying to feel alive for a Saturday. It's going to be a big day. I'm excited. Again, the Republican State Convention is up and running here at the Hyatt Regency in the city of Wichita, if you want to go to that one. Definitely recommend it if you're politically oriented in any way, shape, or form to go and check that out and see some of the speakers, see some of the panels. If you are not a delegate, then you can't get into like to actually vote, but you can listen and partake in some of the conversations. It's a big meeting today as well because we have not only just the convention itself, but they're also voting on the Republican platform for the state. What does the Republican Party actually stand for here in the state of Kansas? And that's a question that I want to ask you as we go into after our bottom of the hour break and for the last few minutes here before we have to take a break. Is the Republican platform to you, what does it mean to you? What do you want to see? Because there are so many people that get frustrated about, well, the Republican Party does this and Republicans do this. And I like either I like this or I don't like this. And it's an important conversation to have. So uh, we'll get to that here in just a little bit. Thanks again to Travis Couture, love lady coming on the program uh, with the Kansas State Rifle Association, also with the NRA, our liaison here for the state, as uh, trying to fight for those 2A issues. And as some of you know, again, I am on the board with the KSRA as well, so I'll be out there after the show about noon to 2, noon to 3-ish. I'll be out uh, hanging out a little bit at the Republican convention, and I'll be working the booth for the Kansas State Rifle Association. So if you are out there, come and say howdy. I'd love to see you. Speaking of 2A issues, I got this a couple of days ago from a listener, listener Scott, and appreciate this, but Alabama. Uh, is another one, number 22 in the nation, as they have become the 22nd state in the country to pass constitutional carry in the state. So that's big news, is it not? I mean, that's something that we should be proud of, as more states say, you know what, you don't have to get a permit, constitutional carry, to be able to carry your self-defense firearm. Hey, I think... I think that's a good thing. I think that's really big news and exciting. So congratulations to the state of Alabama as they continue to expand their two-way issues. We were one of the trendsetters for that issue, and we should be proud of that here in the state of Kansas. And now we have a lot of opportunity to continue to expand on it. Right now, the financial thing is the number one biggest importance. If you listen to our national broadcast during the week, we've talked about some of these security issues that we've had, and it's a prime example of what we're seeing globally right now with uh, the Russian issue, with the Canadian issue, to where if you are not the stand-up citizen or the low social credit score that the government doesn't like, and you're doing things the government doesn't like, like, I don't know, clinging to your guns and Bibles, for example, then they do they have that easy ability to just shut you off from the internet, from the social media, from the banking system to where you can't access funds, they just take the funds out of your account? How easy is it for them to do that? For Visa and MasterCard, just be like, I'm not going to work with you anymore. You can't use your debit card. You can't use your credit card. You can't use your online banking. You can't use any. Just boom, it's gone. How easy is it for them to do that? They're doing it to Russia right now. Vladimir Putin's not getting affected by it. The people of Russia are being affected by that. The Freedom Convoy up there. The government just stole all their money that was in a uh, to, that was in a fund to go fund me for the truckers. Yeah, that was gone. They're starting to release some of it now, after it's all said and done. But yeah kind of an issue at what point are they going to say here while joe biden's trying to push to regulate digital currencies now and cryptocurrencies when are they going to say sorry we're going to lock you out because you purchased a firearm Mm -hmm. it's coming we got to have the built-in protections and our wall of protection done right now back after this here on canstock on kqam
You're listening to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Yes, you are. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, KQAM. Here on a Saturday morning, I know a lot of individuals getting up, getting ready to go to that Republican state convention. It's like an awesome big party to talk politics, get you fired up for election season, let you have a voice in saying what's going on with our state Republican platform, our state Republican party, our elected officials. Talk to your elected officials, see the great elected officials there, see what's going on, ask questions, get involved, be part of it. A lot of people, they say, I don't like the direction the Republican party is going, so change it. Change it. You can do. How do you do that? You become a precinct committee precinct person. You become a member and start going to the county Republican meetings. You get a if you want to, you can run and actually run the county parties. You can become a delegate or an alternate delegate. You can actually have a say. You can decide the direction of the Republican Party. One thing I've been advocating for for years, and you know this if you've listened to my program in any way, shape, or form over the last few years, is that I am really big into trying to bring libertarians back into the party trying to bring independence back into the party. I know you're frustrated. I don't like a two-party system. I get it. I'm right there with you. I don't like two-party systems. However, we have one. We have to recognize that we have one. And the only way we're going to start making it better for us is to clean up the party from within as opposed to being the one voice on the outside that uh, becomes washed out from everything else, unfortunately. So we have to fix it internally. That's the only way to do this one. There's uh, that's not the solution for other ways to fix it in other places uh, with other issues. But for this one with the two party system, it really is in our state party. I really enjoy our state party right now. I think that we're in a good spot. I think we're in a good place. Uh, There was and we talked with Mark Cars about this. We talked last week with Mike Kuckelman, the state Republican chair about this. But the state Republican Party did go around to the four different districts in the state to ask people, hey, what do you want in our party platform how do you think the party platform should be does it need to be an 80 page thing about every tiny little issue that's going on right now in our statement and our stance on these issues or does it just need to be the common values the common core of values that we have as a party of we believe in limited government we believe in healthcare freedom we believe in lower taxes we believe in freedom and sovereignty we believe in private sector free enterprise we believe in less regulation we believe in you know and then that that stuff gets applied to whatever major issue is going on out there because we can always relate back to that. Here on the radio, you know we talk a lot about our common platform are really our three pillars of conservatism. In every issue, every single issue, whether it's war, whether it's government regulation, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's uh, uh, social issues, whatever, everything falls back to these three pillars of conservatism that I think are our core values, which is the right for life, which is the right to liberty, and liberty includes the umbrella of freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, freedom of, you know, opinion, freedom of whatever, uh, the right to life, the right to liberty, and the right to private property. If you try and kill me, that is an intrusion of my right to life. You can go to the social issues on that as well. If it's the liberty, then you can't take away my freedom of speech, you can't take away my freedom of religion, you can't take my freedom of opinion, my freedom of uh, mind, you know, that you're who you are is who you are. And your freedom of private property, you cannot come in and break in and steal my stuff. Government, you can't come in and just take every asset that I have because you just think that you can tax me to death. like that, the freedom of private property. And by the way, Democrats, they hate that one, I think, the most. At least right now, in today's social political uh, stance, they hate that private property one the most because they don't believe that we have 
private property. They don't believe that. There is an elected official in on the city council in the city of Denver, Colorado, that is a full-on communist. She ran under the Communist Party and said that she does not believe that anybody should have private property rights with their property, like isn't in their home and the land around their home. She does not believe in private property rights in any way, shape, or form and believes it should be owned by the city. There's She got elected under that platform. That's a scary thought. But they are out there. And that is the biggest one. Corporations, we need to tax you at a 60, 70, 80% as a corporation because you're evil. You don't have the right to those assets. You shouldn't be making that much money. We need to cap how much profit you're allowed to make because you're really super evil. That is a violation of private property. We made that. We created that. We created economic growth and a GDP that we are now allowed to see growing that creates jobs, that creates wealth, that creates consumeristic opportunities, that creates tax revenue for the government to some degree. We created that, not the government. We created that. They despise that private property. But I love the simplification of a Republican platform because if we just show our core values, it relates to everything out there. And I absolutely love that idea. So that's a debate that's going on today with the state Republican convention. Hopefully you can make it out there as well. I don't want to focus uh, all the time on that, but I do have that. We will get into that in hour number two a little bit again with Mark Carrs, our uh, Republican National Committeeman, also with Scott Schwab, our Secretary of State, that will both be at the state convention going on right now. A few other issues real quickly. We have some calls on the line I want to talk to as well at 316-721-8255. We have the state legislative session going on right now. There are two bills currently sitting in the legislature regarding the sales tax on food, which is a very hot topic, controversial issue. And the reason I say it's a hot topic, controversial issue is because Republicans have been trying it for years. And I mean years. I'm talking like the last five, six, seven years. We have tried to get rid of sales tax on food completely. We've tried to get rid of it from 1%. It's 6.5% in this state right now, trying to just get rid of 1% of it, trying to get rid of all of it. We've done everything we could. And Governor Kelly, former state Senator Kelly, stopped it every single time. When she was in the state legislature, she voted against it. She despised it. Obviously, she's a Democrat who likes the government money coming in. And how dare we even consider trying to lower sales tax on anything because that is government revenue. As governor, she has vetoed it at least twice that I know of where she again stopped the lowering or reduction or elimination of sales tax on food. And now because she's back in the polls and she's not doing well and she's been a horrible governor and she's been reactionary and emotional during the whole COVID pandemic. She needs to come back to her good old strategy of stealing Republican platforms and saying we're going to ax the tax, especially now that we have a 7 8% inflation rate in the nation that's causing things to be even more expensive than just the 6.5% sales tax that's on food. Here's the latest from the Topeka Capital Journal. Kansas lawmakers are running into, uh, running into a time crunch if they're going to cut that 6.5% sales tax on food. Democrat Jim Gartner, quote, now's the time for people out there, if they really want this, they need to be contacting their legislatures, either by phone or by email, letting them know to ax the tax. Nice little play there with Governor Kelly's campaign. We want to get it down to zero. Governor Kelly said a message as well on social media. I'm sure the frustration and my frustration, too, if I were in her shoes. Oh, this is still Jim Gartner uh, was the the proposed early on uh, as they try to figure this out. So I'm trying to be very methodical and thoughtful about the process. He goes on to say lawmakers have found broad bipartisan support doing something, but they have yet to agree on how to tackle the issue. Here's how you tackle the issue. Have a bill 
that's literally a half page long that says the 6.5% sales tax on food will be eliminated as of January 1st of 2023. Or you could do it at the beginning of the new uh, uh, budget cycle, which is October. So October 1 of 2022 or whenever the budget cycle officially ends, that there will be zero sales tax on food effective then. I don't know why that's an issue because they really lose, what is it, like $40 million per 1%. So the government's trying to compensate for that. Now they have a billion dollars sitting in an emergency fund right now as a state government. And the reason they have a billion dollars sitting there is because of the COVID-19 relief funds. And a lot of that money that has just been voted on as well by the legislature is to uh, try to pay ahead on the capers and the pension plan for the state because we have gotten a little bit behind on that. I rephrase that. We started getting behind on that when Governor Kelly took office just four years ago. Why? Well, because Governor Sam Brownback had it back up to par. He didn't re-amortize. Andy, what does that mean? It's kind of like when you uh, redo your mortgage and you refinance your mortgage to where you extend it out to a later period to shorten your monthly payments, but now you have a longer period to pay it off. Not the smartest thing to do if you're trying to get out of debt, but it does help you in the immediate relief by having a lower monthly payment. But that's what the reamortizing of CAPERS does. It extends out the payments to cover people's pension plans just on a longer period of time for a shorter amount each month in order for us to be able to afford it. That's a very dumb, bad thing to do. Because as we continue to grow as a state, as more people jump on to become teachers or become legislators or become government officials or become whatever that includes being on the pension plans, you don't want to extend it out because it continues to grow and get more expensive while you continue to push it back and then eventually you can't afford it. And she loves to do that. Democrats here, for some reason, just think that is the coolest thing in the world to do. Whenever they run into a cash strap situation, that's what they've always done. Oh, let's just reamortize capers. It's cool. Let's just do it. Why not, right? And that's what she's proposed to do. We're trying to play catch-up because she has slowed down. Governor Brownback got us back on track to not have to do that and got us into a good situation, and then she ended up dragging it out. So Republicans have pushed a plan that I believe, I don't, I don't remember where the bill is right now, I believe Governor Kelly will probably veto it, but they pushed the plan to use the vast majority of that emergency billion-dollar fund to go into capers to try and get caught up so we don't have to re-amortize and we can get back on track with those payments. But now she's panicking, like, well, if we cut the sales tax, we're going to lose revenue, and that's not good because the government won't have as much money. So Democrats are in a quandary now. Do we, like, lower the sales tax on food and lose revenue, or where do we find that alternative revenue stream because how dare us actually cut the government funding. That's the debate right now, and Democrats are going to have to figure that out going into midterm elections on how they can support cutting the tax when they never support cutting taxes, but at the same time uh, try and hold up her platform that she stole from Republicans, which is now all of a sudden we're going to axe the tax after we've stopped it for the last 10 years as a state legislator and now as governor at least twice. 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. Let's go to the phones here, shall we? Line number one. Good morning is this. Hey, Andy. Sean. Sean, how are you, sir? Good morning. Oh, pretty good, pretty good, I guess. Well, it just depends, you know. I mean, it's almost a nice enough day outside that you know, I thought, instead of changing my gender, why not just change species? Oh, all right. So what species are you transitioning to now? What do you, what, what do you feel like internally? Well, I thought about becoming a cheetah because cheetahs are fast, and I used to be as fast as a cheetah. <laughs> But then, re- 
reality set in, and I thought, well, man, I'm either going to have to settle for a, a walrus or a beach whale. So mm. I think I'll just stay stay human for now. <laughs> well, you know what? That might be a good idea. Might be a good. I mean, it would be very difficult to drink the coffee every morning uh, uh, if if you did make that transition. But you would feel, I guess, more comfortable on the inside, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, here's a thought, a simple suggestion. Until the uh, Republicans can figure out what they're going to do about the uh, uh, sales tax, uh, why not just in the interim uh, vote to uh, temporarily suspend the tax and give the people some relief? Because inflation's only going to get worse. Gas is going to go up yet again. I know it. I'm surprised it didn't hit $4. It only went up $0.10. Cents. But uh, – <clears throat> Why is it so important for the government when it comes to revenue? Why are they so worried about losing revenue when the people are losing revenue as a result of inflation? Well, because Democrats see that the government is the top priority. And if the people are hurting, that just gives them more an excuse to say, oh, let's grow the government to give you more social programs to give you the relief, not to cut back on our stuff so you can keep more money to survive on your own. They're like, oh, you poor, innocent, uh, complete victim that can't function in society. You're completely helpless. We need to just grow our stuff and take more of your money so we can give it back to you in the form of social programs. They see it as an opportunity. Remember. Democrats are always never let a crisis go to waste. And if inflation is extremely high and we can't afford things and it's more expensive to drive with gas, it's more expensive to go and buy things, it's more expensive to go to work, we actually are losing money because you may have gotten a 1% or 2% growth uh, in your paycheck, but with inflation at you know, 7.5%, you're really 6% behind now, that, well, you're just struggling. We're not going to cut our stuff back. We're just going to give you more things so that way you can function better. Well, the the majority of us, at least, know better than that line of crap. So <laughs> why not, you know, just go ahead and they held super majorities in the legislature. Yeah. So just vote to, to at least put in a temporary moratorium on the sales tax until they can figure out what they're going to do permanently because they hold the super majority. Who cares what the Democrats think and who cares if Kelly's a well, here's the, here's the problem with that, Sean, is I agree with you. And yes, we do. We have a supermajority of Republicans in the House and in the Senate, and we could do that. The problem is there are still those holdout moderate rhino mushy Republicans from the Johnson County area, from the Wyandotte County area, that are essentially Democrats that are blocking a lot of conservative legislation that won't let us get to that 84-vote supermajority in the House of Representatives. For example, the Convention of States movement just tried to do another vote for like the fifth year straight, trying to pass the Convention of States here in the state of Kansas. They needed the 84 supermajority so they could override governor's veto when it happened. They weren't able to make it because they only got 76 because rhino Republicans voted against against it and so it still passed with the majority but not a super majority vote we're still dealing with many rhino republicans in very soft areas of the state that aren't on board with the conservative agenda and that just shows you that the problem is the damn moderate republicans yeah you know conservatives conservatives i once had a friend who uh decided to join a, a third party you know the conservative party and I was like, dude, you know, that wouldn't that's not gonna work because conservatives numerically do not have the numbers. We just don't. That's why that's why the moderates outnumber us, you know, at, both at the state and in the federal government, you know, in Congress. Yeah. Uh, there's not enough conservatives in Congress to where, you know, they can uh, 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 
get stuff done, regardless of the moderates who would side with the Democrats. You need to have a supermajority of conservatives. And where are they going to come from, man? I don't see where we got the numbers. Well, it's you know? it's an ongoing tough battle. That's the inner workings of the, the fun shenanigans of politics, for sure, is that we have to find that legislation to get some of the moderates on board. We have to try and work to squeeze them out a little bit. And these elections I'm in November are absolutely crucial because then we're going to have a governor to where we don't need the supermajority and worry about overriding a veto. We can pass it with a simple majority and get a rep- uh, Republican governor to actually sign it because that's what's going to get us through. So if If we can just hang tight, ramp through as much as we can and stop the Democrat agenda as much as possible, then we're going to be in good shape once we get the Republican back in there and actually get things back on track. So I'm right there with you. It's frustrating. The Republican umbrella has widened more than it needs to. I love debate and I love discussion of Republican values. But when Democrats realize, which they have in this state, they've recognized that if they just re-register as a Republican and then promote their agenda as a Democrat, but under a registered Republican vote, they actually have a better chance of getting elected, which really shows the state that we're in. Sean, I appreciate it. Hate to cut you off. I got to take a break here. We got some other calls on the line. We'll get to when we come back as well. So hang tight. Lots more to get to here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM. Lots more coming up. We're talking again with the AARP, whether it's the Fraud Watch Network, Retirement Calculator, getting involved in the community. Make sure to check out all their great information, their webinars, all the great stuff they have going on online at aarp.org slash ks for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on social media. And Glenda is on the line back with us this week. Glenda, how are you today? I am doing well, Andy. How about yourself? We are doing great. It's always good to talk to you. There is, unfortunately, the ongoing uh, conflict between Russia and the Ukraine right now, obviously making a lot of big news. And because there is a uh, time of distress for some individuals and people wanting to reach out and help out, there's, unfortunately, those trying to take advantage of the situation with some charity scams. Talk about what's going on here. Absolutely. Thank you, Andy. So we know scams. Scammers will always, you know, they follow the news, as you just mentioned, and take advantage of those items or or issues out there that they can. So what we're really hearing now uh, is a lot about the the, um, war in in Ukraine and knowing that it's a critical time. And so there's a lot of opportunities and we're seeing to be able to help. But what we're we're knowing is that people are receiving, a you may receive a communication by, uh, by phone or the way it works, you can receive a communication by phone or by email or text on social media that would be soliciting donations for the people in Ukraine. That That is what's happening. And uh, the charity sounds familiar to you. So you think, oh, okay, it's someone I know or an organization I know. And you uh, feel pressure to go ahead and act. And so that's what's really happening is those kinds of um, contacts are being made. Yeah. Always a concern. Now, how are they reaching out to individuals? Have you heard from uh, people like getting phone calls or email addresses, or do you think they're getting both? They're they're doing both. I mean, it is a it can be a combination of both of getting phone calls, uh, getting text messages or uh, emails, you know, asking for donations or asking for gift cards and asking you to share the number of the gift on the back of the gift card with them. So those are some of the things that people might be receiving or could receive. Sure. How do you verify some of these if you do get a phone call or an email and you really feel passionate about either this charity with the Ukraine or something else going on uh, at that time? You want to help somebody out? 
about how do you verify to see if if that uh, uh, person reaching out to you is legitimate or not. Absolutely. So you cannot, should always research the charities uh, before you donate. And an easy way to do that, there's a several different sites, websites that you can go to. One is give.org, just simple G-I-V-E dot org, Charity Watch, and um, also Charity Navigator. Uh, is one that you can look look into also. And charities.com is a website that you can go and, and look at and put the name of the organization in and det- that you received and determine if it's legitimate or not. It's a good point and a good way to look at that. Now, I know that there was a lot of them during the COVID-19 pandemic with trying to get into people's homes to be able to get different vaccines or to do masks or do testing or whatever. Uh, and I'm sure now that COVID's kind of dying down, have you guys heard of uh, those kind of scams, uh, scams still going on regarding COVID-19 or are those kind of gone to the wayside now? You know, those are still out there. Those are still out there because there's always still a desire uh, to uh, get that kind of information out. Uh, you know, whether people are still being interested in getting information about vaccines or getting about uh, information about the test kits, those kinds of that kind of information is still out there. So the potential of scams or you receiving a, a scam call or inf- um, text or whatever still exists. Yes, all of those still exist. Glenn, to talk as well about some of the individuals maybe on the elderly side with maybe someone that watches them or takes care of them, how can you maybe give some tips to those people trying to help out to make sure that maybe their elderly uh, parents or grandparents aren't falling for some of these scams as well? Exactly. So you should always be aware if they are attempting to make a donation or replying to a phone call or a message that they've received, you know, investigate that along with them. Be willing to uh, follow up and find out what it is that they're doing so that you can help to confirm that for them. Uh, I think that just stepping in and being that caregiver in that particular space will really be helpful to the elderly because that's something that they are, you know, obviously when you see what you see on, you know, the the news and, and you want to help, they're passionate and they're caring and they would be tempted to to participate. So yes, caregivers, family members, if you hear about these things and you know that they're out, even just telling them ahead of time to look out for it would yeah. certainly be very helpful also. Yeah, that's a great tip for sure. We got just about a minute or so left here. Talk about what else you guys are doing with the AARP. Always that you guys are always busy with a lot of the Fraud Watch Network, but then a lot of webinars, a lot of different information. What else do you have going on? Exactly. And this coming Friday, uh we can actually turn into AARP Kansas Facebook page and we will have our um concert on so that's one thing that we can do and we forever have you know the movies for grown-ups going on so there's still a lot going on uh, with aarp and aarp.org or aarp.org slash kansas always a lot of great stuff you guys are doing aarp.org slash ks for the state of kansas make sure to follow them on their social media as well with all the great information glenda we appreciate yes. it very much let's do it again next week we will thank you andy have a Good day. There it is, hour number one wrapped up. We got some calls online. We'll take you as soon as we come back here. Hour number two at Candace Talk, right around the corner here on KQAM. Stay here. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Hey, welcome into the program. It is hour number two of Kansas Talk right here on The Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, KQAM. Good Saturday morning to you. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today. Trying to get you up and moving for another day. A lot of people heading out to the state Republican convention. I'll be heading out during the next couple hours as well after the show. Got a lot to talk about, a lot to get to this hour. 
Here in just a few minutes, we'll play our interview with Scott Schwab, Kansas Secretary of State. He's also out at the state convention, and he swung in studio here just a day or so ago, so we'll talk with him and play that interview in a minute. At the bottom of the hour, we have an interview that we did just a couple of days ago on the national broadcast with the Voice of Reason, where we talked with Mark Cars, Republican National Committeeman here in the state of Kansas, and we'll talk about the convention along with the state of the Republican Party, the national RNC, and what they're working on going into election season as well. So lots of big stuff. Now is the time. I don't know whether you're ready or not, but if not, it's time to buckle in, get strapped in, and get ready for election season because the campaigns are going to hit hard. Our our, uh, assets are vastly needed, as in whether you want to knock on doors, make phone calls, just support financially, or just talk to your neighbors and friends about the issues going on today to try and see what we can do to change them and make them better and stop the radical, crazy, progressive agendas that have been uh, lingering at the federal level and even here at the statewide level as well. So lots to get to, lots to talk about. Welcome in 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK, all of it presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. They are open right now uh, for all your gold and silver needs. Also online at philscoins.com. We'll get Phil Martinez back on the program here in just a little bit as well. But we do have some calls on the uh, phone. So let's go to them before we do our interview with Scott Schwab. If you want to call in at 316-721-8255, line at number one. Good morning. Who's this? This is Ray. Ray, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I got uh, two points. The first one is you mentioned the libertarians. Yes. If I was a libertarian, I would vote Republican until there were no more Democrats around. Mm. And then... I would go back to being a libertarian, sure. and I could uh, work things out with the Republicans, but they can't work anything out with the Democrats. Yes. No, you're absolutely right, so, and that's that's why I've I've loved trying to work with libertarians to bring them back into the fold with Republicans. Not even, like you mentioned, not yes. even necessarily as a registered Republican if you don't want to, but voting no. Republican, because libertarians and Republicans have more in common than what they do with Democrats. Really, the only issue that many libertarians have uh, in line with with Democrats is some of the social issues, uh, but at the same time, we can't argue or discuss or debate about social issues if there's no economy left for us, if there's no liberty to be able to even have those freedoms. So, yeah, we need to work hand in hand with libertarians. I have a lot of libertarian flavors to me as well uh, with my issues. Yeah. And and I know most conservatives do. And I feel bad for libertarians because libertarians yeah. were run out of the Republican Party with the rhino establishment Republicans that didn't have core values, that didn't like the limited government mindset, wow. and they kicked them out. And I feel bad, but now's the time for us once, to try and fight to bring them back in. Yeah. Well, once we get rid of the Democrats, then the libertarians <laughs> will have more time to uh, slap the rhinos around yeah. and and do things. Yeah. But uh, I mean, my it's, other point it, is... Yeah, go for it. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, this inflation... Means that a five dollar hamburger now costs eight or nine dollars. Yes. So the state takes their seven percent. So they they take a bigger seven percent. But they're 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 making more money off the nine dollars than they are off the five dollars. Well, of course they are. Yeah. It, this is oh, all this okay. is all benefiting the government. So we have a yeah seven and a half yeah. eight percent inflation rate, which means that it costs uh-huh. more of our money just to purchase the same thing. Which means because it, even before the tax hits, the value the 
the price of the product is higher, which means because the price is higher, then yeah. the percent that's going into that is higher, which means, yes, the government's getting more money. There was a headline yesterday from CNS News regarding uh, the federal government hitting, again, a record amount of tax revenue coming into the federal <laughs> government for a quarter. A record since the beginning of the, I guess, for the first six months of the federal budget since October, uh, a record amount of uh, taxes coming in. And it's not because we're buying more. It's because things are more expensive and therefore the tax is higher because it's more expensive to Uh buy it. So the value of the dollar goes down, which means the prices go up when then they get more money and then they wonder why we don't have any cash and it's a full cycle. So then what happens? Exactly. So then what happens? And they raise the minimum wage. Well, you can't afford to live on this because it's too expensive. They raise the minimum wage. So more money's going out, which means the inflation's going to go up again, which means it's going to be more expensive. And guess who's benefiting from it? The entire hamster wheel cycle is the federal government, is the state government, is all the government entities while we get screwed on the back end. That's exactly right. My shoes cost more, so the government makes more money off of them. Uh, my wages go up, so I pay more in uh, uh, wage taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the whole bit, they're doing fine. Yeah, oh, uh, they're rolling in it. They love and this, a, and they still can't another, get their spending in in control. No, they're insane. <laughs> and then they worry about losing some money off of cutting the sales tax. If they cut the sales tax. We'd have more money to spend on shoes, and they'd make more money on that. Exactly. We could buy two pairs of shoes instead of just one if it was actually affordable enough to do so. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, they, they need to quit messing around and just get this stuff done. Well, that's, that's again, that's the big battle, and that's why it's important for us to be involved in that party and actually make it happen and clean out, like you said, clean out the Republican Party, get rid of the rhinos, get rid of the Democrats so we can wash out the Republicans and we can actually start working together. Because yeah. uh, I, I don't know if you've noticed or not, Ray, but Republicans are our own worst enemies. We're the ones that obstruct ourselves. It's not Democrats <laughs> stopping us. That's exactly right. And and one more thing real quick. You bet. Uh, take take capers and and put it into a, a, a private uh, funding organization and get the state clear out of it. Mm-hmm. We can donate to it as in the state, but but let's let's get clear out of it and that way nobody can hold it hostage or do anything else with it. It, it's clean. You just made the spidey tinglys uh, go up every spine of every Democrat around talking <laughs> about the privatization of a uh, pension plan. How dare you talk uh-huh. about private options? <laughs> <laughs> I hope they all pass out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They pass out from shock. The fact that you would talk about privatization. Ray, I appreciate that, my friend. Great points all around. I completely agree 110%, and I appreciate that call. The spidey tingly senses of the Democrats, they're losing their minds right now. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you do something like that, trying to talk about privatization of capers and the pension plans? Oh, how could you do something like that? All right, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll play our interview with Scott Schwab, Kansas Secretary of State, right here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM. <laughs> Welcome back in. All right, we sat down with the Kansas Secretary of State, Scott Schwab, talking about election season, talking about the electoral system, those concerned about voter fraud, also business growth in the state during the last year or so with COVID-19. And this is what he had to say here on Candace Talk on KQAM. Welcome back into Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 1025 FM, KQAM. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Saturday morning, like always. 
really happy to have this guy not only on the program but in studio. I don't think we've had you in studio before. We have not, and I'm no. glad we are because, you know, I uh, was out in western Kansas. It's real dry, so I'm just now getting my voice back from the dryness. Uh-huh, in studio, yes. it'll sound a lot better. That's right. Traveling all over Kansas Secretary of State Scott Schwab. It's good to see you, my friend. It's, you too. Uh, I love chatting with you. We get a lot of good response whenever you're on uh, because there is a lot of stuff going on in Kansas that I want to cover. But this is a big year this year, election season, and a lot of candidates already jumping on board for the campaign trail. It's a big time. It is. And it's, you know, June 1st is filing deadline. So anybody who's kind of him hawing around about being a candidate for the legislature, whatever you want to run for, it's time to get serious. I mean, it's good to see that Ron Estes here has gone ahead and he got his filing wrapped up, came by the office. And it's just that time of year. Yeah, it is that time of year. Uh, A lot of momentum going into this one, at which I I know we'll talk about this here in just a minute. I've never seen so many people passionate about the process of the voting system, the electoral system, people jumping into races. I find it extremely exciting because there's so much energy around it, but uh, that's good and bad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's good that people are finally paying attention. Yes. Um, The misinformation is what's frustrating. (laughs) You know, they'll see a Fox News or a CNN story or hear a radio story about something that happened in Georgia or Pennsylvania and they assume Kansas is the same way. Mm. But, you know, we've worked for over a decade getting things like voter ID and um, post-audit elections, which now is a big topic, but we've been doing them for, we've done over 300 post-audit elections since we got elected. And again, real quick, like not one county has failed. They all worked out perfectly. But we we constantly combat people taking those out-of-state narratives into Kansas. Sure. But those out-of-state states that do have issues are calling us saying, how do you do voter ID for advance? mail ballots how do you do voter id at those polling places because they're finding out that that really is the best way to secure one vote one person interesting so we are on the top of the tier the nationwide really on when it comes to the security of the system we are by heritage foundation rated us one of the best um and local local name matt schlapp everybody likes that guy cpac has endorsed us be in secure secured elections is their number one priority for cpac sure and they endorsed me for re-election wow. because of what we've done to secure elections in the state of Kansas. That's fantastic. That's really, So talk about what we do different than some of these other states that are having some issues right now. Yeah, so a lot of folks are talking about post-audit elections. We've been doing them. Actually, the person who led this charge was a former primary opponent of mine, but he is a friend. It's Keith Esau, state representative, former state representative out of Olathe. Sure. And what we do is, you know, your, your election clerk's up till wee hours of the morning wrapping up the preliminaries for the election. Sure. The next day, we draw a random race. They draw a random precinct and then they do a hand count Mm. of that precinct and it's not just you know like separating your red cards from your blue cards you know like your kids you know when they mix a deck of cards you pull three people from the community that haven't worked in the election sure and they got to be of separate parties they can't all be republicans all democrats and what they end up doing is they 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 take um all those ballots and they hand t- look at one and say, okay, do we all agree with this ballot says? Sure. It does one. And if that doesn't match what the tabulator says, they do another precinct. If that doesn't match, it's a fail and they got to do the whole county. Wow. We haven't had a single county fail. One of our post audit, post election audits. That's good news. Yeah. That is really good news. Now, uh, and I know you and I have talked about this a little bit in the past before as well. When Mike Lindell was going around the tour, doing yeah. the tour about the different voter fraud and the the electronic voting systems and how it's been so manipulated. And they had mentioned a little bit about Kansas on what they had thought was some of the third district with Sharice Davids' area. Um, and when I had you on before, you had talked about how some of their stuff wasn't quite accurate. Yeah, so they never really did show the formula. The best line out of that whole thing is someone you said, you know, you keep saying where there's smoke, 
there's fire, but you haven't showed a smoke yet. Right. A lot of their numbers they used to cut and paste on Kansas was based on tw- census data from 2010. Mm. Well, Johnson County has exploded since 2010. And so the numbers will not add up properly. If you put in 2020 census numbers, it's a little bit closer. But again, you don't want to use census numbers because that includes non-U.S. citizens mm. and minors that aren't old enough to vote. That's why when you use a formula, it's never going to be as accurate as actual counting paper ballots like we do here in Kansas. Sure, that is very true. Uh, I know that it's evolved a little bit. And I mean, even um, the Secretary of State before you with Chris Kobach, he had really driven a lot of this messaging as well. Uh, since then, I mean, have we seen any incidences of any type of fraud or misvoting or miscounting, you know, really since we've really put in some of these protections? Not really. And again, voter ID is huge. I tell everybody it's vital because that's what prevents people from voting in your stead. You know, you don't walk up there and you find out somebody else signed the poll book instead of you. Right. Now you got an ID to check it. It's the same thing with advanced mail ballots. And then the post audit elections is just on the back end before it's certified to make sure the count is the count. So that's why we haven't had these issues. Sure. But there were, there's times like we, uh, General Schmidt um, went after or prosecuted a crime where someone said, I'll let you use my horse trailer, but you have to vote for me in this upcoming election. Mm. That's against the law. Now, right. that's not massive. It's not going to probably change the outcome too much. But again, that's how serious yeah. he take. He uses, you know, he takes voter fraud and sure. uses his office to, to try to stop it. So we partner well. I have prosecutorial authority, but it's duplication of government. So what we did is we signed an MOU with his office. He's got the fraud unit. He's got the KBI. So we do the, the discovery hand it off to them, and they're the professionals to prosecute. Very good. Talk about the process getting ready for an election, working with the different election boards here at the county levels, trying to get everything ready. Obviously, it's going to be a big one, bigger than I think usual for elections and for midterms. And now this year, obviously, we have congressional races, we have the governor's race. So it's a big one. How do you prepare for something like this statewide? Well, the first thing we did is we've updated the election standards because there's new deck technologies, there's new machines, and we're also working with the legislature. Our elections are secure, sure. but we also look at it like cybersecurity. They're are they going to be secure tomorrow? Mm. So we're updating some things with the statute to we want to make more robust post-election audits in those really close races where it's 1% or less. And, and going through the whole narrative of our machines connected to the Internet, the EAC says t- touchscreens machines cannot be. Sure. But Kansas statute does it. Right. Well, we want it in the Kansas statute as well. So those are some of the enhancements we're working to get ready. And also, we're always telling people, look, if you're concerned about election integrity, go be a poll worker. Mm. You go be the eyes on the election. Yeah. And we need more Republicans and Democrats, too, to be willing to volunteer, go through the training. And you don't have to be 18. You can be 16 or 17. And really, if, if you're a young student in high school that's looking for you know, access to a higher end college or scholarships, it looks really great on those applications. That is very true. That is very true. Do you think that with the concern, and obviously, as we mentioned, I mean, it's good that people are interested in wanting to learn more. Do you think the concerns about the voter fraud may just be uh, a little bit of a lack of understanding of the entire process of the voting and then counting and then the reassuring and there on the back end? Yeah, I really, I really do believe it is. I think we had a lot of new members uh, or new candidates that have never run for school board they did and they thought hey election night's over it's done they don't understand provisionals they don't understand there's still that three-day grace period on mail ballots sure and so really you know i'm glad they're involved in the process but then know the process ask the questions don't make the accusations and really if you got concerns with kansas elections go to the county office and go through the training be a poll worker you can be the eyes and then if you see something that doesn't look right you can be the one to Exactly. And then we have something outside of rumor. 
Yeah, very good. Uh, the number of candidates that you're seeing coming in to apply when it comes to maybe legislative seats, county commission seats, are you seeing an increase in candidates around? Well, the county commission seats, they normally file on the county side, so we don't see those okay. so much. But the legislative ones, we are starting to see more. What we normally find out is, you know, the legislature is going to take that first break in April. And they're going to come back for veto session in in May. Sure. That's when a lot of folks start coming in and filing. And actually, some people decide to unfile. Because mm -hmm. they've realized, you know, this is starting to take a toll. I don't want to do it again. And that's when we see people come in and out of our office quite a bit. Sure. Talk about your office. I mean, obviously, you not only work with the election stuff, but also with uh, businesses. I told you before, you know, I filed for my business. Super yes. easy process. I love how you guys have that set up on the website. But uh, with COVID, with things getting back on track or the quote unquote end of COVID, are we seeing uh, maybe a little bit of uh, some life come back on the private side? I'm going to tell you. So during the shutdown, we were averaging about 80 new business filings a uh, a day wow. which so we now know that's a low watermark sure but now we're seeing over 140 a so day. which is trending it's anecdotal but what we're seeing is a lot of people who lost their job during covid they're now starting their own business mm, I love and it. so we're seeing a lot of entrepreneurialism coming into kansas and i'm going to tell you that's really good for kansas sure because you only need a couple of those to hit and they could be a hewlett packard they could be a tesla you don't know where that company's going to go and take off yeah that is very true i i love the fact that people are taking the initiative in their own hands i mean that's encouraging isn't it, it is it is they found out hey if i'm working from home anyway why don't i work from home for myself yeah and so we're seeing a lot of be new a contractor lines. yeah it, contracting, framing, lawn. I mean, my own son makes 75 bucks an hour mowing lawns. I mean, wow. the opportunities are out there. But, you know, we do have this web portal. It's ksbiz.ks.gov. So long that .gov gives us additional security. But if you go there, you have, there's a wizard. You can make a plan, make a business, and eventually it'll connect you with all the silos of government so your permits just come in the mail. That makes it super easy. That's Man, what we want to do. That's what that's what it's all about. Uh, outside of that, is the office running good? You guys doing well up there? It is. We were kind of shocked that some of the other agencies didn't bring their folks back into the office. We've been back in the office since May of 2020. Wow. Um, we just kept, you know, stay six feet apart. And, and really, <laughs> that's not socially, that's not necessarily a bad thing to do, whether there's a pandemic or not. Sure. You know, you yeah, that's right. Talker. But um, that being said, we, we, we've had some people get COVID and they did the protocol, but we've been up and running and have not had to shut down a unit just because we were yeah. smart about getting back in the office, but doing it the right way. Sure. That is really good. Any legislation you're working on with your office this year with the state legislature during the session? Yeah. Well, we're working on that one to make sure that equipment's not connected to the internet or a cell tower. Sure. And, you know, in some states, because the EAC allows the tabulator to be connected to a network so they can report results faster, our mm -hmm. feeling, no offense, but the press can wait sure we want to make sure that those machines are secure we're also saying you know we want to make sure that if there's a um a close election we're going to audit more of that race right as opposed to forcing them to pay for a hand count and then also voter roll maintenance you know there's four ways people come off you know you're dead you move you you've, you've taken your name off well we want to be able to send a mailer out to that person and if it comes back they're not at that address within four years according to a 2018 supreme court decision we can take them off the voter rolls. Uh, the biggest thing with our data integrity sure. is apartments and rented living where people, we can have had 18 families live there. Sure. And the county's having to send all those mailings and announcements to people. And we just want to make sure if you're registered to vote, that is actually where you live. Sure. That, I mean, that would be appropriate, I would think. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, <laughs> even the Democrats have agreed, said, yeah, we want to make sure we have accurate data on that. Man, uh, United Unity. You're working know, on Unity yeah, between the two parties. Look at that. It's nice if you reach out to people and explain what you do. <laughs> and they're right. like, you know, actually, that makes sense.
Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you're on the campaign trail as well, aren't you? Working around and, and starting to work on election seasons. We are. So, and we've been, and especially we didn't get out as much as we wanted to in 2020. Sure. And it would have been a good time for us to because we weren't on the ballot. But now, obviously, with our name on the ballot, we got to get out there. We were in Liberal and Garden City last week. We visited with the Dodge City uh, County Commission up in Topeka and also the Wichita Chamber was up in Topeka. So we spent time with them. Fantastic. And now we're down here this week. And of course, the Republican conventions this weekend. So we'll be back down here again this weekend all over the place that's what we do that's what you do well it's good to see you my friend scott schrompkane the secretary of state keep up the great work i love the stuff you guys are doing from what it sounds like it sounds like things are going relatively smoothly for your office and that's really good to hear because you're although the media may not pay attention to you you're kind of one of the most important agencies up it there. it is very important you know so we're always asking people to you know vote for us because we want to finish some of the good things we've started amen to that scott it's good to talk to you my friend thank you it's good to see you again right back here on kqam Talk with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Last half hour, last home stretch here as we finish off the Saturday morning. About ready to head out to the Republican State Convention here in just a little bit. Hope to see you out there as well. Just got done attacking with uh, Kansas Secretary of State Scott Schwab. Thanks for that one. Boy, we've covered a lot of ground today. We got one more interview as well with Mark Cars, a Republican National Committeeman that we'll get to here in just a little bit. But I want to shift gears a little bit from the politics. I know, right? I know. We got a lot to talk about as well with fun stuff. Now, things are finally opening up. Thank goodness. We have, uh, with COVID starting to go to the wayside, just different businesses, different uh, entertainment venues, things getting back on track. I am excited because there are concerts about ready to be actually here in the community. Well, they are happening. They're happening in the community right now. Yeah. Which is just awesome because I have desperately missed that. And there's a concert, uh, some concerts coming up over the next few weeks I'm looking forward to, even tonight, which I think I'm going to have to swing out to because it's just a way to get out to enjoy and hear some really fantastic music. So, uh, and by the way, we're going to start doing this more on the program. I know that this is primarily like a political talk show-ish, but we're broadening that out to just, you know, politics Saturday morning is a little tough sometimes, right? <laughs> I mean, do I really need to anger you that much first thing in the morning? So uh, we're going to start branching this out a little bit and talking more some of the entertainment and things going on in the community as well, which I am super happy to have on the program with us right now is he is getting ready to perform at The Wave tonight. Tonight, if you want to go and check it out. Uh, but the man himself, uh, Steve Gooding here as Gooding, is about ready to perform at The Wave this evening. Gooding, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Andy, I'm great. It's wonderful to talk to you today. I am. Man, I'm so glad we're coming across Kansas now. I can't wait to get back to to Wichita, man. That's where I started. So I was going to say, I, this I, is your I, home, isn't it? My heart. Yeah, this man, is. Man, it, it it was for a long time. You know, as musicians, got to chase the work across the country. So it's been a while. But yeah, I went to John Marshall. I went to North High, and uh, my first band that I toured with for years was uh, 
was out of Wichita. So yeah. I love that. Talk about the music industry. I know, obviously, it's been hit really bad the last couple of years with COVID, but uh, at least you guys are back on track getting some tours out there. But uh, talk about the last couple of years and what yeah. it's done for the band. You know, we've been, I'm super lucky. I mean, I've been in it long enough that I, I'm kind of diversified. I've got some stuff in some film and TV. I've got a studio out there in Nashville. Mm. I got through it. I mean, I was lucky. You know, I, I had some, we call them slipper checks. You know, you get up and put on your slippers and you actually get a few cents in the mail, <laughs> even when you're not out there live or burning down those road miles. But, I, you know, brother, I have a lot of friends who it, it was real hard for them to keep the shingle. Um, there was a heck of a lot of clubs that, you know, had to had to fold or, or hopefully got some of that shuttered uh, venue, you know, yeah. some help. But we're just we're trying to look forward. We're so excited. Like you just said, you know, perfectly. It's opening up. Um, you know, we're back out on the road. We haven't had to cancel any dates on this one. It feels it feels real solid. So we're just we're thrilled for tonight. We're that, really excited. That is really exciting. Uh, talk about the tour that you guys are on right now. Where are, are you traveling and where have you been so far for this one? Man, absolutely. We actually lit out of Nashville, what, three weeks ago. So it's just it's a month run. And we went up through Wisconsin, down through St. Louis, did about, we actually did four high schools in Nebraska and just came from Colorado doing four high schools out there. Ooh, we started right. charity about 10 years ago, talking to kids um, in high schools about, of all things, not going to sound very rock and roll, Andy, get ready, uh, financial literacy. Tell them to yes. go slow and steady, don't believe some of the hype that I did that, you know, the record deal is going to fix your problems and, you know, you'll get the sports contract <laughs> or win the lottery. It's like, no, man, we got to go slow and steady. And, uh, and, you know, just try to give everybody the same, the same rules. And I would say, if you don't want to work, I can't help you. But if, if, if you're working hard, let's know the rules. So, yeah, we play a rock and roll set, do a Q&A, and, and get to meet the kids. It's a lot of fun. Man, I love it. This is uh, We've worked really hard here in the state. And obviously, being a political show, we talk a lot about a lot of legislative issues. We've been pushing a long time to try and do financial literacy classes in high schools. You know, maybe, you know, getting oh, in piles of debt for student loans isn't the best way. Maybe getting in a crap ton of uh, credit cards that aren't the best way. Maybe. We should learn oh, how to man. actually save. That's what we need to be teaching our kids. I feel like you could. Uh, I feel like you could give the speech uh, for me, Andy. Sixteen percent of the schools in this country uh, have this, and that's it. Um, we've been in about thirty-three states. We reach about two hundred thousand kids, and I think this is a cool issue. And this is an issue that is, I think, actually crosses the political lines too. It's like, mm. why aren't we talking about things that that really are going to affect these these kids' lives? So. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't be with you more, and, and uh, we're real lucky to do it. You know what they say, hire people smarter than you. That's what I did. It's a nonprofit. I got a board full of people, other bands doing it now, and it's just really starting to take off. Hopefully, they put me out of business, man. The goal is what you just said. We started it. Because I always tell the kids, I'm not selling anything. Nobody asked me to do this. Yeah. Uh, we would like to see financial literacy as a requirement in, in every high school. I think it would, would, would make things a lot better for these kids. Man, that would be amazing. We're talking with Steve Gooding. Goodingmusic.com is the website. Goodingmusic.com. You can also <laughs> Check them out at The Wave uh, coming up tonight. Talk about your guys' music, the influence that you guys have. Obviously, a rock and roll band. I love it. I'm a, <laughs> yeah. I, I love the rock and roll. And, the, you know, I, I I go down the, the rock and roll metal <laughs> flavor myself. Uh, so I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Oh, but so talk about your oh, guys' man. influence. What's the music sound like? Well, I got to get you out there tonight, Andy. It's very guitar driven. Um, I got Kelsey Cook on the drums. She's a murder. She's from that John Bonham school, man. Just hit hard but soulful she actually uh, plays with flaming uh mallets and and you know they're like i grew up on kiss so i mean anything mm. on fire sounds good to me and don't worry adam hartke it's the wave nobody's setting anything on fire tonight we're going to behave but uh, i got aaron o'neill on bass she sings like six octaves and plays the heck out of the bass and then i'm uh i'm the uh the cat dancing around singing lead and playing uh, as much loud guitar as i can but yeah we came up on a lot of uh, you know zeppelin and uh yes you know a lot of funk soul and and a lot of classic rock uh, my mother was actually a classically trained pianist 
and my dad was a DJ for 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 rock and roll station. So uh, we get a little of that. You know, we get into that kind of uh, you know most uh, cl- neo classical stuff sometimes. I got a little classical guitar up there on stage, but it's a lot of fun. Man, I love it. I love it. This is what. Let's uh, just for a second here. One of your new ones here. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. This is going to be a fun one. I'm going to have to make my trip out to the wave now tonight because this is, uh, it's, oh, it just great. gets you pumped up. I'm loving it. <laughs> Good, man. Yeah, that one's almost in that spirit of Johnny Cash where you tell a road story. You know, you just tell a little road story. Well, Andy, if you're out there, please come say hello to us. We would love to. I'd love to shake hands, man. And I, it's just, it's great being on today. Big shout out to Bobby Chenault for setting this up for us, man. Hey, no, this is fantastic. No, uh, Gooding, it is so good to talk to you, my friend. Have fun at the concert tonight. If people can't make this one, where uh, where's the next couple stops uh, for your tour? Man, I wish we were staying close. Uh, we just played the Zoo Bar in Lincoln, but no, I'm heading to South by Southwest. I got to go to Austin on Sunday. We got oh, four shows go. down there, but I'll be back, man. We'll make another record and we'll come back and see you, I promise. I'm making a so travel. glad it's, it's opening up. Yes, yeah. well, next time you come back through, come back in studio here, do some performances here in the studio, and let's chat a little bit more. I'd love to get you on here again. Andy, we'd love it. Thank you so much. Hey, you betcha. It's good. And goodingmusic.com is the website. Go check it out. Also at the Wave, waveict.com is the website to get the tickets for that show tonight with the concert at 7 p.m. We appreciate that very much, my friend. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Mark Carr's Republican National Committeeman. We'll talk about the getting ready for the state Republican convention uh, going on right now here in Wichita. We'll do that to wrap up the show today for Candace Talk here on KQAM. Stay here. In this head full of opera still a little voice Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Saturday morning for Kansas Talk here on the Big Talker KQAM. A little bit of Gooding as well. Coming back into it here. Appreciate Steve Gooding coming on the show. Awesome chat with him. Uh, by the way, programming note for you, as you mentioned, obviously being a political talk show, we do 80% politics on this show, but I want to diversify a little bit. Let's talk about some other stuff going on in the community. If you are a local band or involved in a local band or you know of a local band, shoot the stuff over to me, Andy, at KQAMRadio.com. Andy at KQAMRadio.com. Send me some of the stuff. Let's get you on. Let's talk about some of the uh, performances that you're doing here in the community because let's support local. Let's support some of the bands coming into the area. Let's support the local bands that are here. Let's support some of the local venues that are putting on the bands. They got some of the hardest uh, times going through the COVID-19 pandemic because their uh, stimulus was a bit delayed and they barely got any with some of the venues, and some of the venues barely made it. So thank God we have some awesome venues around here with the small ones, the Cotillion, the Wave, uh, the Orpheum Theater, some of that stuff. Also some of the bigger ones with Interest Bank Arena, with Hartman Arena, with all this great stuff going on. That's what we need, entertainment and these artists that are just trying to make a living. They've obviously been devastated for the last couple of years with COVID-19. So uh, let's start getting some of them on. And music outside of politics, like my other, you know, um, fascination that I love. So... Let's talk about it here on the program. Let's do it. 316-721-8255. got a couple minutes here left. Also going to play our interview with Mark Cars, a Republican National Committeeman. But we have some calls on the line, so let's go to that right now, shall we? Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? This is Frederick. Frederick, how are you, sir? Hey, Andy. 
Andy. What's happening, hey, sir? Patrick's Day is coming up, uh, brother. You Remember, know it. you're the chief of Leprechaun, and I haven't heard Ireland's call, that beautiful Ireland's call. Uh, you just Remember, wait. you used to really get into it, and you were in the parade downtown with your wife and your little child, and you were marching along. Oh, so uh, it's devastating that they canceled again the St. Patrick's Day parade this year. That is heartbreaking to me, uh, kind of upsetting. But you're right. It is that time of year, and I should have played a little bit today. But we have, obviously, next weekend is the big weekend for St. Patrick's Day. We will be playing all St. Patrick's Day music on this program. And you're right, it is the greatest time of the entire year. Ireland's call. You know what? If more people listen to Ireland's call, it is Mm. so beautiful and it's so inspirational. Mm, That it is very much so. You are absolutely right on that one. Uh, Yeah, it is. I keep saying this is the greatest holiday of the entire year. It's right up there with Christmas, with New Year's, with Fourth of July. It is, uh, yes, it is that one. Okay, next Saturday, Ireland's call. That's you right. take care and have the most beautiful day. Love you. Take care. Bye-bye, <laughs> Always a, pre- a pleasure, Frederick. We appreciate that. And, uh, yes, St. Patrick's Day. Get ready for it right around the corner. It's going to be a great one. All right, we sat down with Mark Carr's Republican National Committeeman, getting ready for the state convention that's ongoing at the uh, Hyatt, uh, going on downtown at Wichita right now. But we talk about the RNC, the state of the Republican Party, and more here with him. Mark, how are you, my friend? Andy, great. Thanks for having me back, Mr. Voice of Reason. Hey, well, yeah, it's good to have you on the program. It's a big weekend for us here in Kansas, but it's I think it's a big year overall for Republicans all over the place because I've never felt the momentum going into an election season like I have going into this one. I think it stems from the anger of the election of 2020 with Donald Trump losing and the momentum of stopping Joe Biden uh, having to promote his ridiculous agenda, if he can remember his agenda half the time going into this year. Well, and of course, everything falling off the wheels. We've we've had a year of this presidency, and everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. Yeah. And uh, voters are very uh, regretful of the decision that he's in the White House right now. And we had excellent off-year elections, the nonpartisan elections, the voter turnout. As an example, Texas just had their first primary, and voter turnout increased overall dramatically, but among Republicans, almost 35 <laughs> percent fewer Democrats voted than the previous primary. Wow. So there is a lot of interest among Republicans and independents. I love that. Have you heard anything from messaging from the Democrat side? I mean, right, I saw the headline that right now the Biden administration itself is trying to rebrand the whole Build Back Better because they have nothing else to run on. The The borders are still open down at the southern border. So far, we've now walked away from two conflicts with Iraq or with Afghanistan and now with Ukraine. Uh, we have inflation that's sitting at near 7.5%, I think going up to 8% here for the month of February and March. Uh, we have just a disaster all around. I mean, I've never seen gas this high either. They have nothing else to run on. Have you heard what their actual strategy is? How are they going to try and get Democrat voters to show up to the polls in November? Well, they have to get their base out. They have any chance of holding a majority in either in either caucus in either body. So they're going to try to get a version of Build Back Better passed. They're working with Mansion on some of the uh, uh, less extreme uh, parts of that legislation. And I think they are, they're enjoying the distraction of the of the Russia-Ukraine war, and they're trying to blame that uh, as a responsible as a res- that's what's responsible for inflation. That's not going to, of course, convince anybody of that. I think <laughs> gas may go up as a result of this embargo, but gas is at an all-time high, and it's been that way 
most of this year. And so I just think Democrats are really in a bad position uh, coming into this uh, 2022 uh, mid-year, mid year midterm election. Yeah, I saw a poll just a couple of days ago saying that Biden's poll numbers went up slightly after the State of the Union speech where he tried to talk tough on Russia, uh, Russia and do the sanctions and try and, you know, we're going to stop them, we're going to cut off their banks, we're going to do this and that and the other. And uh, his poll numbers went up a little bit, at least on the other side of the aisle with the base. But I don't know how long that's going to last. The fact that, you know what, uh, now they're trying to say, like you said, gas prices and inflation is because of Russia. But gas prices were increasing year over year already. And 7.5% inflation rates were in January before this issue actually happened. So he may try to talk tough, quote unquote. But at the same time, like it's only going to last for so long between people just get fed up with this stuff. Well, and inflation is affecting all sectors of the economy. It's not just gas. It's rentals. Uh, uh, purchases of cars, food, energy, all of the sectors are, have grown dramatically in, in inflationary pressures this year. And so I, I, they're, they're in a really tough spot, and I'm very thankful for it. Uh, we're very optimistic nationally. Uh, I don't want to be overconfident, but uh, we, we really are in a great position to take back the House. And I think we're really in a really strong position to potentially flip the Senate. Good. I, I so wanted you to talk a little bit about current. that. Yeah, I want you to talk a little bit about that from the from the RNC standpoint nationally with what they are looking at and optimistically what we could see uh, with where they're strategizing to focus attention on for elections this year and what we could see as an outcome if we do have the potential to take over the House and the Senate. Well, there, we thought just with the redistricting, since we have a new census out, that we would pick up five to ten new seats just because of the change in, in demographics, the growth in red states, several blue states lost seats. We thought just with that alone, we had a good chance of taking back the House. But given the uh, the first year of the Biden administration, the debacle in Afghanistan, inflationary pressures, um, I haven't seen a hard number estimated, but what I hear thrown around is we're looking at potentially, and we have to continue to have our message correct, continue to work hard, continue to get the voters out to vote, and so forth and so on. But we've recruited well, and I think we're looking at at, at hopefully anywhere from a 30 to 50 uh, majority in the, in, the, in the House after the November election. Wow. I mean, they're sitting at, what, like a 20-voter uh, majority right now, so we would just be able to, we'd be able to just walk through whatever we wanted to in the House. Yeah, we we would have a super majority of conservative votes in the House. Um, they've had more retirements this this cycle than they've had in 30 years. It's almost surpassed the numbers that we had in uh, before we lost control of the House back when Speaker Ryan. So there there a lot of them are exiting the door. They see what's happening. They know they're going to lose the majority, and so a lot of them are retiring. That's great news. The that Senate is, great news. is a, it's a it's more of a toss coin toss. We've recruited well. We've got really great candidates running in, in, in Georgia, in New Hampshire, in Nevada. Uh, we've got uh, Ron Johnson running again in Wisconsin, which was key. And um, I, I think uh, I'm optimistic that we're going to take uh, control of both chambers. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. And that would really make the Biden administration just kind of a stalemate for a couple of years until that election, which hopefully we can ramp up and be able to take that one back as well. Talk about the Republican platform right now. And I know that this was a big discussion here in the state of Kansas with working on our state platform for the GOP. Uh, uh, but I like it because it's kind of the launching pad for a conversation on the national level for other states and for the RNC as a whole. 
Um, do you see it becoming clearer for conservative principles? Do you see that messaging uh, through the platform that you guys are working on being able to be uh, um, expressed out in different communities that normally don't hear about Republican or conservative values? Well, hopefully if our candidates would, would speak more about it, our platform, I love this platform, and I think it's going to pass without any difficulty. Uh, we talk about our country, our constitution, our judiciary. We focus on families and community, the right to bear arms, our, court, you know, the, our, our culture on the respecting of life, our military, um, our position on legal immigration, health care, sanctity of marriage, our economy, children, safer communities. So we've got a really diverse uh, diverse in the, in the sense that it covers so many different areas. We've got a really strong platform, spent a lot of time on it, had a lot of open forums. Got a lot of good input. It's a very conservative platform, and I, and I expect it's going to do it's going to pass overwhelmingly on Saturday. I really love that. I really love it. We're talking with Mark Carr, a uh, Republican National Committeeman here from the state of Kansas, as we get ready for our state convention this weekend. Other states, have you heard from other state conventions as well on the momentum from other places? I mean, I'm assuming the energy is just as strong out there, isn't it? Nationally, it is, and in yeah. the states where we, the swing states, that really have a lot of energy. Arizona. Wisconsin, Florida, some of those states that were uh, considered swing states that just have a lot of energy, and uh, we're seeing across the country. But a lot of it has to do with uh, excellent recruitment. We've recruited excellent candidates. We have Amanda Atkins running in the third. It's the only district that we don't control. She's an excellent candidate. She's one of the top ten fundraisers, one of the top five fundraisers. Sure. In the nation, she's done a really good job, and we are very hopeful that we're going to flip that state, that seat for us. Yeah, that would be really nice. Uh, the message of unifying here within the Republican Party, I know that especially here in Kansas, we've seen this in other states as well quite a bit, but um, obviously a lot of candidates that cause division. Now, I love primaries. I love us being able to challenge each other going into a primary election, uh, but there's some places where we're not seeing that. There's really a push between a unified singular candidate going into general elections here in Kansas. We have our governor's race where there's no opponents going into the primary, which is going to make it all the stronger. Uh, do you think that that's also helping kind of the unifying message of Republicans right now? Well, I do think it's helpful that we have, we've really gotten behind one candidate. The RNC has come out and endorsed uh, Derek Schmidt, which is in an open seat. Well, it's not open, but we don't control the seat. That's a little unusual, but uh, when Dr. Collier uh, had to pull out because of health concerns, yeah. There really wasn't anyone else that was interested in running. Derek had built and amassed a pretty strong uh, line of support. And so I think that's been very helpful. I think primaries are a good thing. I support them 100%. But I think when we're out of the Cedar Crest, if we can get behind one good conservative candidate like Derek Schmidt, I think that's best. Yeah. We, but we do have competitive primaries. The treasurer's seat is wide open. The attorney general seat sure. is also wide open. Those are two very competitive primaries. It'll be interesting to watch those there it is that was mark Carr's uh, republican national committeeman we appreciate his time very much we sat down with him on the national program just a couple of days ago there it is that is it for us today joe pags live with the weekend coming up right around the corner after the top of the hour news here on kqam i'll be heading out here shortly to the state republican convention come on out and check it out i'll be at the booth for the kansas state rifle association if you want to say howdy i'd love to see you out there until then we're back at it next weekend for our great saint patrick's day celebration 
Yes, it is that time of year. It is the greatest time of the entire year, and we'll be ready for that one next week. We have a lot of great guests as well. A jam-packed program already lined up for the next few Saturdays. Also, make sure to tune in for our national broadcast of The Voice of Reason every weekday, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. right here with our flagship station on KQAM. Until then, have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio next week.